to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. And Heavenly Father, I just come before you right now. I'm very aware that that you're, you're nudging me, Lord, and you're wanting to say something. So I yield myself to you this morning. I relinquish um, uh, just any sense of... Uh, following a plan, God, I'm really open to you right now, Lord, and I pray that I would just fade out. Your word would go forth and be tailor-made directly for every person present here. I don't know the needs in this room, but Father, you're very acquainted with them, so have your way among us today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I titled this message, The Breakfast of Champions. Okay, I know you think it's Wheaties. You know how they would say, like the Wheaties commercial would say, Wheaties, The Breakfast of Champions. But I entitled this message, The Breakfast of Champions. This is the top priority as a believer. And we're going to talk about that today. We hear the word disciplines like, oh, spiritual disciplines. And it sounds rugged and hard. Sometimes you feel like disciplines. I don't want to be disciplined. That sounds boring and rigid. Um, there's a book called the celebration of discipline. That's like an oxymoron to feel celebrating disciplines, the celebration of discipline. And one pastor described when he was in seminary and honestly, his response, was, I already know that I'm supposed to be reading my Bible and praying more. And quite honestly, most of the time I feel guilty about it. And now some guy writes a book and tells me 10 more disciplines that I should feel guilty about that I'm not doing as well. But he went on to read this book and realized that it is possible to authentically be transformed. And God wants it to happen. God wants your transformation. The distinction um, in regarding the discipline of devotions or having time with the Lord is between trying to do something and training to do something. So oftentimes we're trying to do something, but we're not seeing it as training to do something. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict what? Training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. There is a training and the disciplines that God teaches us about are not for us to try to do something and then feel guilty and fail. We realize that they are training us. They are training us. A discipline is an activity I engage in to receive power. Do you know that's why I love reading my Bible and spending time with the Lord? I don't do it. I don't move to it because of discipline. I delight to get to my time with the Lord. I delight to hear what he has to say to me. And as I do that again and again and again, I'm training myself to stand on him, to believe on him and to know him better so that when situations arise, I know him. I know his nature. I know his ways. I'm familiar with him. 
A discipline is an activity I engage in to receive power. We tend to exaggerate what we can do with trying. Well, if I just try really hard and we tend to underappreciate what we can do through training. I have seen people who have walked with God many, many years and, and, and just, you know, gone about it like haphazard, a little touch and go. And I've seen people get born again and commit themselves to seeking God and studying his word. And they, through training and the discipline, begin to supersede. And these, you ever met people like that? I've been Christians 50 years and there's no deep transformation of their life. And then you'll meet a born again believer who's been and saved like a year and the hunger and the discipline and the training on that life causes them to do things you never dream possible. We don't equate it like, oh, this person surely let's use them because they've walked with God 50 years, but they could be immature. They could have been in the faith a long time and be very immature. And then you, but there is a maturity on people that have trained themselves in spiritual disciplines. We lived once um, in Colorado as a family. We lived in Colorado Springs. And I went to summer camp at this place called Eagle Lake. And then I got the bright idea at 19, like, hey, I'm going to go back and give back to Eagle Lake for a summer. And I'm going to be a camp counselor at Eagle Lake. Great idea, right? So they, you raise your money and you get out to camp. And the first week you're there just as counselors to go through all the things that the campers will experience. So they teach you everything. Oh, this is the ropes course and this is a trek out to the mountains and we had to sleep outside. We trained through everything that we would take our campers through. And there was this zip line at the lake. And the zip line start, you had to hike up to this point on a rock. And the zip line extended the full length of Eagle Lake. And this was a big lake. So you're talking like a long distance suspended by some ropes and carabiners and this type of stuff, right? So the day we go to train on the zip line, the, the trainer is telling us, okay, this rope will do this. And this rope will like lock you in here. And then you're going to hold on to this and we're going to send you down over the lake. And so I'm hearing this and I, I, I believe this information, right? I believe this information, but my armpits did not believe this information and my hands did not believe this information because they were trembling and I was terrified, right? And so sure enough, we all have to go through this zip line practice. So they, we get hooked up and they send you flying down and they unhook you at the other end. And I remember being so terrified on this zip line, but I was around some other counselors who this was their, their training. They had done it say a hundred times. They had done the zip line. They had gone through the ropes. They had, they knew it well and their bodies knew it well. Their bodies had been transformed by doing it over and over and over. Their armpits did not sweat. They did not have anxiety and shake because not only had they been informed 
about the ropes. They had also been transformed by doing it daily and going down the ropes cord. So there was not just belief that the ropes would hold them. They really had been transformed by that belief. And so their bodies knew it. Their bodies knew, no, you're safe. You're going to be okay. You're going to make it to the other side. There were counselors. They had ridden this ropes course or this zip line a hundred times and they knew they were safe. They had been transformed by this, this habit, this over and over and over riding it. Me just showing up terrified. I never did it again. I did not sign up to go on the zip line again. The same thing with our lives in Christ. We keep doing it. We keep practicing these disciplines. We keep walking these things out with God, the word of God in these disciplines. And over time, he will begin to transform your life. Your life will start to be marked. I remember being in a season of life where I was gripped with fear about money. I was a a young pastor's wife and somewhere along the line, fear had gripped me regarding our finances. And I would get so nervous anytime something unexpected happened, like a bill came in the mail or it was tax season. I would be gripped with fear. And I remember going to God's word and approaching it and saying, God, I need to be transformed in this area. It's not enough to have information like, well, the Bible says I had to meditate the word of God over and over and over so much so that there came a point when we would do our taxes years later and I had been set free and my body and my life had been transformed by the word of God that I wasn't nervous anymore. I wasn't thinking something bad is ultimately going to happen. I didn't just have information about God's faithfulness. I had been personally transformed by the reality and I could rest in it now. It wasn't just something written on a page. And do you know how that happens? That happens daily coming to God's presence and resting and knowing him and knowing his nature and his ways until your body begins to rest in it. I don't get anxious anymore. My hands don't sweat and I'm not nervous around tax season because I've been transformed by the word of God in this area. You see, many people believe in Jesus, but they don't believe him. You believe in him, but that's where it starts, stops. You believe maybe Jesus as your savior, but Jesus not as your teacher to teach you these things, to teach you his ways, to walk these things with you until ultimately you're not just believing in Jesus, but you believe him. You believe when the word says it is better to give than to receive. Because right, we say that it is better to give than to receive, but we don't give. So we don't really believe that because if we believed it, we would do it, right? That is the transformation. We must practice and train, not just try to do these things. Imagine like you're trying to be more joyful say that. Like, I just want to be more joyful. I need to just have a better attitude. So I'm going to try and have a better attitude. Well, I want to tell you that just trying will cause you to feel guilty and you'll fall short. But training for these things is what God is talking about here. Let's say, um, what do I, what do I do if I want to be more joyful? Well, I try harder and I try to think good thoughts and I try to say thank you more. And I'm trying to stir this up in my life. And that's good. That's good. I, I used to make these lists when I was a kid of things I loved. They were called Anna's I love lists. And I have them 
all in different journals. I had my sisters making them and they would say anything like, I love um, rain on a tin roof or I love um, the smell of um, a a rainfall in the desert because it smells differently out in the desert when it rains because there's this bush called the creosote and no one cares right right now, but it's (laughs) all you're like. But we would make these lists like that, these things we loved. And then when I was the camp counselor in Colorado, I had my campers make up their lists. And some of them were from Texas. So they like, I love milkshakes from the Jolly Roger. And we just would go on and on and on about the things that we loved. And sure, that can stir up some gratitude. And that's a training in and of itself. But listen to this. In the Old Testament, they talked about there are feast days. And the people are invited to eat food they love and drink things they love and wear clothes they love. And during one of the regular feasts described in the Old Testament called the Feast of Tabernacles, the people in Jerusalem were to set aside a tenth and then to eat the tithe of their grain. It says new oil, new wine, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. And you were supposed to prepare this food and eat this food and and choose a dwelling place um, wherever you chose to do this. That is in Deuteronomy 14, 26. Let me read it to you because I like opening the pages of our Bibles and I want you to see it on the screen there. So Deuteronomy 14, verse 24 says this. And if the way is too long for you, say they're traveling to find a place to do this and you're not able to to carry the tithe when the Lord your God blesses you because the place is too far from you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there. Then you shall turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and go to the place the Lord your God chooses and spend money for whatever you desire. My parents did not tell me this was in the Bible. This is a good portion of scripture. Spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink. Don't recommend it. Whatever your appetite craves and you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice in your household. And you shall not neglect the Levite who is within your towns for he has no. Okay, we don't need to talk about the Levite. But this is all about the people training for joy. That's why these feasts took up massive parts of Israel's calendar. Our world today is massively unsuited for joy. We're not training for joy. We're not training for longevity. We're not training for power. We're just going about our days thinking that if I just try harder in this situation, that that'll serve me. No, God is not talking about trying harder. That you will fall short in your trying. God is talking about training And that's why he's talking about us coming to him, coming to him daily. We talk about, it says, early in the morning, Lord, I will rise to seek you. This is the breakfast of champions. This is what God is talking about. So these people would take, make strong effort to pursue and train for joy. They would take a day and eat what they loved and wear clothes they loved and listen to music they loved and do it with people you loved and fill up your tank. They'd spend the same time God is speaking to us about this with his word. This is God wanting to train us through the reading of his word. And that is what the journal is all about. That's why we give these out at the beginning of the year. I heard a psychologist talk about that he did some research on a subject called flow. Just say the word flow. 
flow. This is um, us being conscious or aware, being aware as central to being human, you being aware of what's going on. He says in his book that when left to itself, the mind turns to bad thoughts, trivial plans, sad memories, worries about the future, disorder, decay, confusion, are the default options of being conscious. Anyone relate to that? If left to itself, right? And so the Lord knows this. He knows the way the mind functions. The apostle Paul reminds us that the mind controlled by the sinful nature bears the fruit of death. It says in Romans seven, that if it's left to its own, this is the fruit of your mind just going wherever it wants. Studying the word, being in God's word, in his presence, which is just coming to him, delighting in him, being aware of him in daily devotions is not about being an expert on Bible trivia. I want to tell you, when I come to God's word, I'm not like, now I know how to exegete Romans. I'm coming because I need peace. I need joy. I need him to love on me. I need strength and power for the things that are hitting my life that only he knows about in the coming week. And that is why he beckons us to himself so that he can prepare us for what is coming and will be prepared, the Bible says, for every good work, for every situation. But we neglect so much this tending of our time with the Lord and we run out into the daily life like we're um, not clothed in the armor that we need, some of us, for the battles that come our way. And the Bible says that, that we can have this armor, this, this armor of God about us. You know, the Bible talks about the word being the sword of the spirit, being a sword that you can dissect what is going on and what is happening around me. A life that spends time in God's presence and in his word is a having a life that flows in joy and peace. And, and it's just because it looks that way, because that's who he is. And when you get alone with him and you quiet your heart, you will find that he wants to impart these things to you. Training leads to transformation. And many of us have accepted Jesus as our savior, but not as our teacher. You know, some of you will feel very liberated right now by this. Now, this is going to seem like I'm coming against what we're teaching. But do you know Jesus never journaled? I know. Some of you are like, see, that's why I don't want to do it. No, I want to liberate some of you in the room right now. That sometimes these devotions can become rigid. You know, like you, you don't have time to read your Bible reading plan and you go two days and now you have 47 chapters to catch up on. And that is boring. And I want you to know, I think it's boring too. And that will, that will, you know, cause the fire of excitement to go out. And that is not the heart behind these things. I don't do the Bible reading plan in a rigid way. I come to the father. If I have time to read more, I read more. If I read the new Testament plan, it is not about you checking off a box. God does not have a, a, a word chart up in heaven. And Oh, Marco did his reading. Let me put a gold star by his name. Oh, Marco didn't do his reading. Oh, it's a bad day for Marco. That is not 
how the father is. He is deeply relational. He is desiring connection to you. His child, the sheep of his pasture, he is trying to prepare you for the very things he's bringing to you. And so you cannot get into this. If it's becoming that for you or or if it's been that for you, that's like the Pharisees. And we don't want to move into that like, oh, I checked my box. But you didn't connect with him. You didn't care. You didn't share any of your load or hear any of his love. It's like when the father says, come away with me, my son. And all he wants to speak over you is that's my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. I love you today. Oftentimes that's what what will happen when I get into the word of God. I just begin to feel oh, how much he loves us. And that's the heart of a devotional life or the spiritual disciplines is to, to receive power from God for your daily life. If it moves into you feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to catch up on 47 chapters and then stop it. And don't do that, okay? I'm not here this morning to make anyone come under guilt about the reading plan. I live a life that is is totally free of that, if I'm completely honest. I am not motivated by those things. I just love to be with Jesus. He is the greatest friend, the most wonderful teacher, the best part of the day. And don't do it out of like, oh, I got to be disciplined in this. Do it out of delight. Come. And even if you just start with coming in and saying, I'm burdened today. Man, I just want to talk to you about it. I talk to everyone else about it. But I want to talk to you about it. That's the practicing the presence of God. And just saying, hi, hi. How are you doing today? It's me again, Anna. And I've had a bit of a week. And uh, I don't know what's going on in this situation, but I'm just here to bear my heart to you. And then I'll get into the word. I do follow the reading plan wherever we are. That's where I read. I, and then I'll, if I want to do more study and he's speaking more things, then I go a little deeper. If I have the time for that, I could linger. You know, I heard one pastor say, people think it feels like a waste of time to sit in solitude. Well, I, I love wasting time with God. So waste some time with God. We are too hurried, if you know what I mean. You ever, I know we're too hurried because you ever be one of those people that's in the, you're in the, you're calculating which line at the grocery store will go the fastest. And you're like counting items in people's cart. You're like, okay, they have 14 items. Those are big items. And you're, you can't even pick a line because you're trying to calculate which one will move the fastest. We're too hurried. And time in God's word, he will slow you down because we, we watched this video. It's called God speed and, and Jesus always walked. Okay. He wasn't on a scooter. He didn't have an electric bike. He walked and he could walk. What about three miles per hour? Two, two, three. Yeah. Real slow. There's a different pace. And so part of time in God's presence is he'll unhurry your soul. He'll unhurry you at a soul level. So you're not in the car trying to, who's going to jet off of the green light the fastest. Let me get behind them. You know, those are all signs and symptoms that we're just hurried, that we're hurried inside. Praise God. Jesus never journaled. That was for someone. 
He did not, he did teach us though, to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And he doesn't tell you to transform yourself. He doesn't tell you to just try harder to transform yourself. When you get with God, he does the heavy lifting. You get any time in his presence, he'll just begin to, to show you things and he'll go, oh, Anna, we got to deal with that. That's becoming a hindrance in your heart. And, and, but you just have to get to him. And some people are avoiding getting to his presence, or maybe you've never done that. Maybe you don't know what that looks like to just be alone with God. Maybe that sounds vulnerable or, or different than what you're used to. But if I could dream of a church and I, we are, we have a church and it's awesome. And you are my dream come true as a people, but uh, we would be a people that we love Jesus as our friend and our teacher and our guide whose lives are being transformed, not just informed, that we're not just informed about a lot of things, but there's a transformation happening in us. Um, The book of Joshua is an incredible book. One of my actual favorites. And right now, even as we're crossing over into new land as a church and getting up and out, I love the book of Joshua even more so. And in this book, um, Moses was the leader. He was like the man and like, he was the kind of leader, like you felt it if he wasn't on the scene, you know, he was a strong leader. And in this text in Joshua, Moses is dead. He goes up the mountain, he never comes back down. And Joshua is now taking the reins. And everything in the book of Joshua is about change and transition. The only thing not changing is God. Everything else is, is, is uprooting and changing and transitioning. And it's a, a book that details the commissioning of Joshua after Moses' death. And um, so Joshua is thrust into this leadership position. And this is one of those scriptures, Joshua 1.8, that we read over and over again. This is a good one. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of, and of good courage and do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You can imagine Joshua um, needing that sense of God's presence. He is in over his head and he's doing something he never saw himself doing. And all of us, you and I at different times, are going to be called to step into assignments and situations and family things, regardless of our experience, these things will feel beyond us. Anyone ever been in over their head in a situation? I am currently living this story, but I want to tell you that before we stepped into this assignment to lead this church, God had asked me for a full year of my life to spend deeper time alone with him. I had no idea why he was asking that of me. I thought, oh, this is good. I think I'm going to, you know how we have our plans. I'm going to start a life coaching company and I'm going to be on the computer at home and I'll have clients. I want to, I want a woman in every nation. This can be awesome. And I'll get to sit in my house. 
And, and that's what I thought. You know what I mean? You know how we have our plans. This Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart. We have many plans. But I knew God was preparing me because he had asked me to spend more time with him above and beyond, but more concentrate concentrated time with him. I had no idea at that time what he was really preparing me for. There was a deep work going on in my heart, a solidifying, a strengthening in my marriage with Joel. Things you think you know what you need to work on until you get alone with God. And he's like, that's not the big issue. I'm seeing something else that needs to be uprooted in your heart. There's a lot of pride in there, or there's a lot of self-sufficiency and you know so we think we know but he's your maker and he knows everything about you and he's the only one that knows the future full he says he's alpha and the omega he knows the beginning and the end and he knows what he's doing in your life so he's preparing you through his word for the things he's bringing you to so this is this was me wasting extra time in God's presence for about a full year i was being prepared and i didn't i was being trained And I didn't even know for what. I wasn't trying to become something or be this certain type of leader. I was trying to get with Jesus. That was my main effort. To set aside time daily to approach his word. To let you know people say you'll read the word. But the word really reads you. The word really inspects you. When you open it up. Beth Moore used to say someday she's a great Bible teacher, she would just lay her Bible on her face like this. That's how much we need the word. And we need it more than ever because the world is so unstable. It's so shaky. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. And when we get in his word, it stabilizes us in an unstable environment. And you will be a, you will be a rock, a cornerstone when everyone else is being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Those who find themselves foundational in the word, you will stand out. You will be strength. People will rush to say, What is this wisdom that you have? How do I navigate this brokenness in my family? But the Lord wants to prepare you and I through time in his word and his presence. Most of us, most Christians don't have a devotional life. Most Christians really don't. If we were to survey the church at large, those who are really tucking away, And seeking the Lord and reading of his word. It's not a common practice. It's a discipline that's got a bad rap. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's that's boring. But I'm telling you, this is the most life. The God of heaven will meet you. And the Bible will become alive. There's this word called a rhema word. Um, I heard a pastor say, don't ever preach Bring the rhema word. The thing that as you're studying the scriptures is like alive to you. It's living. And you ever read through the Bible um, and you just feel something jump off the page at you. And God is saying, that's for you. I'm speaking to you right there. This is alive for you today. And to think you could go Monday, Tuesday, and he has living words for you. He's trying to get something to you. And we're rushing out into our days and trying, trying harder, 
trying to have a better marriage and, 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 and trying to figure out how to deal with our finances. And the word and his presence have the answers. It's getting to him. It's getting to him and saying, I'm inviting you into this situation. I don't know it all. Thank you. I'm teaching right now that the foundations of these, this type of living, this is different for many of us. Praise God. The time in God's word is what's prepared us. And I believe as a church that we're entering a greater season of preparation. I know that's what we're crossing over into, into our new space and facility when we move. I know that it's the word of the Lord from our senior pastor that God is beginning to prepare us for things. And this preparation is deeply rooted in the word of God. Thank you, Lord. So we can come to church, okay? I want to say this really clear. You can come to church every week, and you can be inspired, and you can hear the pastors and leaders. You could listen to podcasts, and you could be fired up, but that is just trying, and that is not true training, and that is just might come be information, but not transformation. The Bible talks about, um, in the book of Zechariah, they're rebuilding, and they're doing these things in the temple, and you can believe these things. T.D. Jake says this, you can believe in church, but you conceive at home. Okay. So you can believe in church and hear the inspiration and you can get it pumped up, but real intimacy is what I'm talking about. The conceiving of a thing happens on your Monday, on your Tuesday, on your Wednesday. This is the place we come, but this is not to be the place, the only place where you're believing. This happens. If it's not happening in your home and your home isn't the place where these things are being believed and conceived and giving birth, you will be, um, you will be weary. You will be weary because the disciplines are there to engage for power in your life. So believe in church and let's conceive at home. Let's have some intimacy at home with the father so that the birthing and this, this is happening on the Wednesday, on the Thursday, on the, the Friday. What are the days of the week? <laughs> oh my gosh, the Lord is so faithful. Um, Brother Lawrence, uh, he writes a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And it's a real l- little booklet, but it says it isn't necessary that we stay in church in order to remain in God's presence. We can make our hearts personal chapels where we can enter any time to talk to God privately. These conversations can be so gentle and loving and anyone can have them. You can talk to God anytime and he is there ready to listen. The things that we do, the daily patterns, that is where things are birthed. That is where firsthand faith enters your life. Secondhand faith would be like, well, I just believe it because this person said it and I believe that they're good. And that will happen and people will have secondhand faith. Well, I believe that preacher and they said it, but they don't have firsthand faith where they believe it because they know. It's like the zip line. They have information. Yes, this rope is supposed to hold me, but their bodies do not believe it. And as soon as something comes your way, 
what you really believe will show. You, when things get hard or you face a situation and, and your secondhand faith, that, that pastor that taught you that can't be in the room to walk this out. And God is saying, I have some firsthand faith. I want to give my people the very strength they need. Did you know that you can have stronger faith than people that you admire because you're in training and you're seeking the Lord and he's building you up and he doesn't speak the same to everybody. So he could be telling that pastor or leader that, but he could have something very distinct for you. So when you get alone with him, he has the rhema word, the living word for your family and your situation. He is a lot. His word is living and active. It's alive and well. He is still speaking today. Praise God. Don't stop being with him. If you stop being with him, you will seek other ways to build yourselves up. You will be clamoring to find ways to build yourself up. Because he, that's what happens when you're with him. That he builds you up. He loves on you. He strengthens you. And if you don't get it from him, you will search high and low to build yourself up. And nothing will come close. Because once you are a born again Christian, he is the source of your life. And no other source will do. Though you will try. Sometimes I go to Target. Sometimes I just need to shop. Any other people just feel like when I don't have an answer... I just go browse Target and I will, and it's temporary. You know what I mean? And then you get home and that feeling is still there and you still need the answer. And then God is saying, here I am, come close. I've got a living word for you. I've got an answer to that situation. You know what my devotional life looks like sometimes? I thought uh, the Lord has told me over and over again, I was supposed to go, to Brazil to preach at a women's conference for our denomination in Brazil. And I was really like trying to figure out what's my topic going to be and what do I say and what's relevant in this culture and it's different in our, our culture. And the topic was um, women in leadership in their homes and um, in their places of influence, right? So that was the subject line. And I'm, I'm on my knees before the Lord. I never went to Brazil because we got installed and we're, we were here instead of there, which is way better. Um, but the, the bottom line was, is I was praying to the Lord and I'm saying, well, what do I talk about in Brazil? What's on your heart? And he said, Anna, just go there. And I've said this before and just show them how I love you and you love me. And I was like, that's it. You just want me to go in front of thousands of women and just say, I love Jesus and he loves me. And, and he said, it's really rare. It's rare to just have that intimacy where, where you just let God love you and, and, and you just spend time with him like that. And, and I'm not going to apologize because if you're in this church, like this is who we are. We just love Jesus. And I mean, I've heard these great pastors, this guy, Dallas Willard, who's a great pastor and leader just said, if I could talk as if I was a pastor in a local church and I could talk every week about the same thing, it would just be talking about being in the presence of God and spending time with God, because that's where transformation happens. You could know all the Greek and Hebrew, but you need to know him intimately and he wants to know you he's your maker and creator and 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 when you know the trinity you realize that god the father is hugely relational that's why he had to send jesus to purchase you back to get you close again that just that undoes me every time 
But my devotions look like this. Sometimes it's some really out of tune singing. That's where it starts. But I told you today, worship is the only thing that that we can do in a church service that God gets anything out of. Because the preaching is for us, but worship is for him. So I start my devotion time by just singing something to him. Even if it's out of tune, because I don't have a good voice. But, but he doesn't care. The Bible says in Psalm 40, he put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. And so that's what I do. I sing him a new song. I don't sing just songs that, that I know by heart, you know, that we sing. But those are good too. And I do that sometimes. But I'll just sing him a new song. I'll just make up a melody in my heart. Just say, I love you today. You're so faithful to me, you know, just singing out of my heart how much I love him, how grateful I am, how beautiful he is. For all my days, you've been good to me. I never get tired of telling you, you know, and I'll just sing. And the Bible says when you sing a new song to God, it says that you cause people to fear God. So I'm thinking as I'm singing this or we sing a new song in church, it's like something powerful in our worship to God. So I'll start with that. I'll start with a new song to the Lord and then I'll read his word. I don't read it rigidly. I'm not trying to rush through just to get my gold star on God's chore chart in heaven. I'm trying to read his word to hear from him and let it leap out to me. And then I'll, I'll, I'll see or I'll circle a word. Something will just be speaking. Like I hear you speaking in that word to me. What is that about? And I'll just meditate there. I'll just I'll read it over and over and over again. And, and for some of us, you are a good studier. Like you like reading through the Bible reading plan and you like the gaining of knowledge. Whatever causes power to come to your life, do that. And if it's not causing enjoyment and it's bringing on a, this Pharisee, this demanding pressure, don't do that, okay? We're not looking to have you come under this, this, this intensity in this habit or these disciplines. So move towards the, the delight in God and away from this rigid application. I know that I'm, we're trying to get you to read your Bibles and, and to get on the Bible reading plan. But I, I just feel prompted that it not become something that moves you away from the heart of God and into more duty and law and chores because that's not how he is, okay? And that's religion. And, and that's not what we're about. So we sing a new song. We get into the reading plan. Um, don't get under guilt. Um, don't come under dread, just come because it's boring to read the Bible that way. And it, it removes the whole point approach his word for delight and discipline will follow. He has much to speak. God is wanting to speak to us as a church and as individuals. He has so much to deposit into your heart for your situations that you're in right now, a living word. You know what I, I was thinking about? And I, I read this somewhere that when we get to heaven, sometimes we can imagine that it's going to be so drastically different than earth. But for those of us who are practicing the presence of God and being with him and enjoying him in this way, heaven's not going to be that drastically different. You're going to be very familiar in some ways with him. Can you imagine? It's like we feel like on this side of heaven, like this is just we're down here and then we're going to be up there. And it says, no, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. So right now on earth, we're experiencing the life of the kingdom and the way the kingdom operates. So if you are experiencing the joy and delight in the father and time in his word and presence, you're not going to have some vastly different experience. Like, well, this is not what I expected. You're going to feel like this is familiar to me. I know about being with the Lord like this. He's we're familiar because we did this in my house at 26392 via Cannon in Dana Point. And now we get to do this here for all eternity with him forever. That they, it says he's gone to prepare a place for us and he's left us here and he's preparing us through his word and through training and these disciplines and the time with him is preparation to be with him forever for ruling and reigning and then causing the kingdom of God to touch earth everywhere you are. That that is a, the power uh, of bringing the kingdom of God to earth. And God wants to do that through you. Lately, I've been asking him, what are you up to? What are you doing in our region? What are you doing in the families? of this area, what's going on and how can we connect with you and what you're already doing? You know, he's doing things. He's already at work. He's doing so much and it's just delightful to come and say, what are you doing, God? And let him, he'll let you in on his heart. Well, I'm doing this in families and this, this is an awakening that's happening here. And then I hear him saying that he's doing a lot through worship and obedience. I think he's calling his people into a greater level of worship just singing and worshiping him corporately and privately, and then a life of obedience. The book of Zechariah chapter 10 is all about this, a life of worship and obeying God. And some of you in 2020 are going to begin to heed the voice of the Lord like never before. You've thought, I cannot fully surrender in that. I cannot fully do this. And God is saying, this is the time for full obedience in the things he's leading you into. So we got to get in his presence. We got to get in his word. We got to spend time with him because he has things that are living and active for your personal situations. Amen. Are you hungry? Are we ready to, I I just want to stir us up. I pray that across the board, that this is a group of people that have the breakfast of champions tomorrow. I seek them in the morning, but you know, that, that might not be for everyone. Pastor Robert Morris out of gateway church. Oh, he only has like 39,000 people in his church. So he's all right. He's a good guy. Um, but he was, this is a, he was saying that he tried to do his devotions and get up really early to spend time with God. And he heard the audible voice of God at one point said, Robert, go back to bed. I can't understand a word you're saying. (laughs) You're incoherent, you know? So God knows um, when that time of day is for you. I just am a morning person because I have four kids and it gets really loud in my house. And so I like to get up before that. Something about the still of the morning, but don't do it if that is not the time for you and don't come under some rigid, you know what I mean? This is all about life and liberty and God flowing and speaking to you. So don't come under these heavy things that cause you to go, "Ah, I can't read. I'm so far behind. So you don't even approach him when, when you just don't even come close because you feel like I'm so guilty. I haven't read my Bible in a week. Just get to him. Just do away with that. He's not up there like pulling gold stars off your chart. Okay. Just abolish that, 
that is religion, that is the Pharisees, that is tasks, and he is relationship, he is delight, he is wanting you close, and these are the things that flow out of that. So do you receive the word this morning? Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet as we close out of here today. Man, I've had that background music on for a long time. You thought I was closing like 40 minutes ago. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I am just keenly aware of God's presence here. He's always with us because he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. So I know he's here. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's like, can Jesus please enter the building? Oh, he's here now. He's with you. If you're a born again Christian, he is in you. He is, so you, he's here. So we're not asking him to be here, but he's, he's thicker today. I don't know how to say it, but there's just a keen awareness of his touch on people's lives right now. And so I want to just, um, Russ, could you come and just play over us? And, um, I think we're good. Oh, we're not so good on time, but let's hold tight for just a minute. I feel like there's some unfinished business in people's heart. So I just want to lead us. So I just want to come out people here in the room to just come out from any heaviness or guilt about what you haven't done or haven't measured up in and the, the spiritual disciplines. We're going to come out from all guilt and shame and all sorts of things that come on us when we feel like, oh, I didn't measure up or I haven't approached God in that way or I feel dirty or ashamed or so God, we're just coming out from underneath all of that stuff right now, God. And we're just, we're uprooting all lies that are hanging over people's hearts, lies of um, you're not worthy to approach God, lies of If you come to God in full surrender, he's going to ask too much of you. That's one that someone is believing. That's why you've never really come and offered your all because you're afraid of what he's going to ask for you to do or give up. And God is saying, I'm going to cover that. Just come, come in full surrender. Give him your whole heart. Give him your whole heart today. All he's going to do is he'll take your your heart and and the burdens and the the shame and he replaces it and he'll give you a new life, new joy, beauty for ashes, strength. He's just going to replace some things in your heart. If that's anyone in this room today, I want to pray with you. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you desire to know this kind of love, I want you to slip your hand up. I want to pray with you right now for Jesus to come not just be a savior, but be a teacher. Anyone in the room? Jesus today. Come now, Lord. Come now. Thank you, Lord. So for the sake of anyone who needs Jesus today, we're going to say this prayer together. This prayer is nowhere in the Bible. This is just a call. It says anyone who believes on the Lord and calls on his name, will be saved. So heavenly father, for those who need you today for salvation and for guidance, we call on your name, the name of Jesus, the name above every other name. We say, come now be Lord of our life. Fill us with fresh wind, fresh strength. God pour out on us today, everything we need. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Your word is true. God, I thank you that you're creating a a desire for for time with you. I think that's part of your your 2020 plan for us as a people. There's a preparation you want to do in the life of your people. So we say we're open to you, Father, and we're going to approach your word and delight in you and receive from you everything that you have for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.